When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove podcast. Today we're talking unbearable fan bases. You'll see what I did there in just a minute. Uh, We're also going to talk the NFL and our picks for the week. We're going to give you those, talk about the Raiders situation. And we also have our old friend, Parker Ainsworth, coming back to join us to talk some NBA basketball here towards the end of the program. All that and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by La Terrain Watches and Accessories. Built for the man on the go, the Compass by La Terrain is primed to take on life's moments. From casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain, this watch has style and function and the dependability under any circumstance. You can find the Compass and all the other kinds of watches and many accessories at la-terrain.com. And you can use code SPORTSSTOVE. That's going to give you 10% off your purchase. La-terrain.com. Code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off your purchase. Joining me, as he normally does, is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Boy, a lot of sports going on these days. Got Basketball and hockey starting, and then, of course, baseball wrapping up and right in the middle of all kinds of football. So, Yes, uh, baseball is officially over. The Brewers were eliminated this week, so nobody's <laughs> watching baseball anymore. But, um, no, of course, I'm kidding. Baseball is just heating up. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, hockey is started. I considered bringing on a hockey guest uh tonight but uh chose against it so uh maybe next week we'll see maybe we'll get ryan back on talk some hockey with us as well um but you're right the uh the baseball playoffs are winding down the first round with the giants and dodgers and then we'll get into the championship series to see who goes to the world series and then the nfl is rolling right along 
No controversy in the NFL this year. That's so nice. (laughs) Wait a second. Just a little bit of controversy. Uh, We'll get to that in a second as well. Here where I live in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, there is a anomaly happening. The University of Kentucky football team is winning football games. They're six and zero, oh, and uh, having themselves quite the season so far. And uh, and so, one thing I've learned or been reminded of is how passionate fan bases can get, and sometimes how irrational fan bases can get. Uh, for instance, if you say anything that's not. Kentucky is the greatest on Twitter. Kentucky football fans will annihilate you for saying anything negative about the 6 and 0 team that is bound for a national championship after they blow out Georgia this week 50 to nothing. Um they are so confident in what they're doing in the team this year, which is fine. I have no problem with fan bases being confident. But uh, we also have to be a little realistic, don't we? Uh, and so in a con- I had a conversation just through Twitter today with somebody, and and I didn't think that I was being mean. I was just stating that I thought the quarterback wasn't carrying the team. They needed the defense and the running game to carry the team, and that was taken as a very offensive statement against the quarterback, which, again, realistically speaking, look at the stats, all that kind of stuff. You'll see what I was saying was true. I wasn't knocking the quarterback. I was just saying he wasn't what was carrying the team. That being said, it got me to thinking about unbearable uh, fan bases. And that's a play on words, by the way, unbearable. Uh, We'll get to Chicago in just a second. But uh, fan bases that are really hard to live with, especially when they're doing well, because there are certain teams that, uh, you know, they don't do well and their fans are very quiet or non-existent. And then all of a sudden they do well and it's like, ha we're the greatest thing ever. And it's like, eh, but you're not. So let's talk about some fan bases that have been unbearable. Dad, do you have a fan base that you think of when you think of hard to deal with fan bases that comes to um, mind immediately? Well, right off, I'd have to say the Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> as far as being there in Nashville and with hockey, I mean, it was – uh, I got to go to a, a fair number of games and saw a lot of visiting fans come in. And we had a big rivalry, really, with St. Louis. They they were close by. And those fans were always very nice, very complimentary of the city. The Blackhawk fans came in, wanted to take over, and uh, didn't understand why you were even there at the game. And they went on and on. And even they, now that they have slipped and are not even making the playoffs a lot, all they want to talk about is how many Stanley Cups they've won and how many Stanley Cups have you won, even though we've won the same number in the last several years. <laughs> and um, when I think of hard hard to live with, I mean, these people were really abrasive. And, um, and, and that's the first one that comes to mind. I mean, I think you can, you can lump in all Chicago fans in one thing. When we take, we're talking about the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Cubs, uh, more so than the White Sox. Those fan bases are just a little bit crazy. Um, and, and kind of like what you said, they, they don't think that you should care about your team. Um, but cause everyone should only care about their teams. You could throw Bulls fans, even though they've been bad, uh, and not good, at least recently back in the Jordan days, the Bears fans, those were kind of like LeBron fans. So they were more Jordan fans than Bulls fans, but, uh, nonetheless, Bears fans, I lump into that too, because, um, you know, it doesn't matter how bad they are. Um, when they're playing against your team, the fan base just has to mouth off. And, uh, and, you know, even this week, 
a Bears fan, co-worker of mine. Are you ready for Khalil Mack? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. I don't have to face him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not too worried about the Packers losing to the Bears this week. But even if they do, it doesn't really affect me that much. So, uh, so I enjoy passionate fan bases to some degree. But, um, Chicago fans are unbearable, if you know what I mean. Uh, anybody else comes to mind? Um, well, I, I can tolerate most fans if they're a true fan and they really follow the team no matter what the situation is. I've had conversations with people whose teams I didn't like and they didn't like my teams and like the Packers, but yet you can have a discussion because they were realistic. Um, like you said, when people are doing well, uh, when I think of the football fans that were the most unrealistic, it's a little different now because they're not doing as well, but um, was basically was the Dallas Cowboys. In other words, you know, I, I, I have some good friends who are Cowboy fans, and I can appreciate that. But everybody that, you know, didn't know anything about football, you know, it's America's team. They win the Super Bowl every year. And this was when they hadn't been to the Super Bowl in years and years. And you ask them, oh, yeah, well, they're, you know, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. And you get teams that are riding high. Back in Tennessee, uh, when I was there, it was getting that way with Alabama. I knew people that were Alabama fans, lived in Alabama, and, uh, you know, that made a lot of sense. But, you know, when they weren't doing well, you just, that's all you need, knew was the real true Alabama fan. When I left Tennessee um, a few years ago, um, I worked in a grocery store there for a while, and every lady, everybody that came in had an Alabama shirt on. They were Alabama fans. Well, where were they, you know, that – they didn't really know, but they were winning national championships. So those people make it a little harder to take. Um, and like I said, when people don't do as well, then um, then it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. It's that way with the Pistons. The Pistons, yeah, that was tough in the day, but now you don't hear about Piston fans much anymore. Boston Red Sox fans have become growingly hard to deal with. And I started thinking about it and they're the, they're the younger Red Sox fans, the Red Sox fans who didn't grow up when the Red Sox were cursed and when they weren't winning World Series and championships. And, uh, to watch them react now, uh, first of all, no Red Sox fan should say anything about the Houston Astros cheating because Alex Cora is their manager. So you got to stay away from that one or you lose me right off the bat. But again, they have this, and maybe it goes with all Boston fans, the Patriot fans, you know, back when Brady was there in the last two decades and what went on in New England. But uh, of course, you're a Celtics fan. Uh, but um, Boston fans kind of tend to be unrealistic in many ways. And But what I'm noticing is the younger fan base that did not have to experience the down parts, the down years uh, that they went through for many years. And instead, and you could kind of look at the Cubs in a similar situation where they've been good more recently um, and whatnot. So uh, that's kind of what I'm seeing, some interesting things going on in fan bases. And all I encourage you to do is cheer for your team, but keep the uh, trash talk to a minimum, especially if you're not consistently rooting for and supporting your teams. Uh, let's let's move on to the next topic today, and that is the NFL and the week ahead here in the NFL. Of course, we did have some controversy arise this week with John Gruden. We're not going to support 
uh, or stand behind John Gruden and the things that he said. There were a number of things that he said that were just, quite honestly, uh, just wrong and ugly and mean-spirited. And uh, a lot of other words could describe it. And and I've tried to talk about the other side of the Gruden aspect. And all I've been accused of is supporting Gruden. And I've not once supported Gruden. So I'm just going to stay away from that topic as a whole. But I do want to talk about the Raiders, Dad. Now they change a coach midseason. Um, the GM is now actually in control of the roster, Mike Mayock. He was not in control of the roster under Gruden. He has now been given control of the roster. The Raiders' talent had been stripped over the years. The drafts have not been kind to them. They've not drafted well. But they started off the year pretty well, and they've got some good talent on the team. So where does this leave the Vegas Raiders as it sits right now moving forward the rest of this season? Well, it's going to be very interesting. You know, we're going to talk a minute about pick six. And I'm going to stay away from that game because I don't know which Raiders is going to be. Are they going to be decimated and um, divided, or will the new will the new interim coach rally the troops? I think the fact that they've moved to Vegas and have a new start and have you know and some maybe a new fan base as well as a lot of the old Raider fans, of course, also um, there's probably a chance for them to regroup. Um, they do have some talent, um, but it'll just depend. I have no idea what that locker room is like and how that's really going to be um, going along. I think they could, um, like I said, rally and say, hey, we're not going to fall apart. We're not going to do this. On the other hand, it could be kind of tough. Yeah, I think they're going to be united, honestly. I don't know what that means for this week or for the win total going forward, but I think the locker room was together on this. Uh, I think that when it came down to it, Gruden, you know, once they saw the emails, once they heard what was said, I think the players turned on Gruden pretty fast and came together as a group in the locker room. And I think Derek Carr is a great leader, and I think the team rallies, and I think they, I don't think they do any worse than they would have done under John Gruden moving forward. Now, you know, I have to go back. I don't, I don't think I have my win totals in front of me that I predicted for the Raiders, but it wasn't a ton of wins. I could pull it up here in a second and look at it, but I think it was, uh, maybe six or seven wins that I had for, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, you know, I think they still end up around the same category when it comes to where they end up at, but I think they, I don't think the locker room is split. I think the locker room is actually together and I'm not too concerned about that. So I had the Raiders at five wins. I think they're going to go over five wins. Their their win total was set at eight, though. So I think that's kind of what they're, where they're looking at being uh, when it all comes around uh, there. A little bit of COVID stuff happening within the NFL. Uh, Cardinals have a couple players in a coach. The Bears are down another running back as well. And, they, of course, Montgomery's out for the year with his injury. So uh, a couple things getting affected this this year. We don't pick the Thursday night game, but, Dad, the Thursday night game, uh, for those watching us live, is getting ready to kick off Buccaneers versus the Eagles. Uh, Buccaneers are a seven-point favorite on the road in Philadelphia. Any thoughts on that game? Uh, the, the Eagles have a chance to, to keep that one close? Well, the Eagles have been a real surprise because it looked like, you know, they weren't going to be any good. Then all of a sudden, wow, they're playing. You know, they've won, a, what, a game or two that maybe you thought they wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they kind of, I don't know, but they have the talent to just stay with it. 
Tampa, you know, we've talked about that. It just depends. If they stay focused, and this is a Thursday night national game, um, it should be hard for Philadelphia to keep up. But you never know. Uh, let's go through the games real quick, then we'll come back and make our official picks uh, of games, that at least that stand out to me. Green Bay goes on the road to Chicago. Packers are the favorite. Justin Love seems to be getting his sea legs. Justin Love. Justin Fields seems to be getting his sea legs under him a little bit right now. Uh, but again, they're decimated at running back. The defense has been decent this year. Also, um, how confident are you in Green Bay going into Chicago? Um, I think we're playing well. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, biggest worry I've had, I've said all along, has been the defense. And it's played well, even though we've got some significant injuries. And uh, if that continues to be the case, then, um, I mean, the Bears have a great defense. I was looking at that today. You know, the Packer coaches are very concerned. And I saw the stats of uh, the Bears defense. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, when he gets going, and right now they seem to be headed in the right direction, they may get a couple more starting linemen back this week. Um, if the defense continues to play well, which they should, uh, should give Field some trouble, I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they get the center back, Myers. Uh, he was a full participant in practice. A good chance that Jenkins comes back as well. Um, this Packer team is just, they're far better than the Chicago team. Now, does it mean that there's no chance they'll lose? No, of course not. It's a division game. It's on the road. The Bears have a shot. Maybe maybe they've been hiding stuff. Maybe Fields has been being prepared for this moment. I don't know. But uh, they do have a good defense. The Packers offense, though, is is one of the best in the league, and it's 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 doing what it's supposed to do here as the team is four and one since their last, their first loss of the season, first game of the season against the Saints. Uh, Cincinnati and Detroit, uh, Cincinnati, the favorite on the road. Detroit's 0 and 5, but they got to win one eventually, don't they? Um, I do what? Detroit has to win a game eventually, don't they? Uh, eventually, but I don't know if it'll be this one. You would like to think, you would like to think they will. Um, but, um, We'll have to see. I haven't looked at their schedule. You know, do they play the Giants? I don't know, but um, we'll have to. We'll have to see. Um, I, I, I this this will be tough. Um, but they have played some teams close, no doubt about yes. that. Could have won last week. Yeah, they could have won against the Vikings. They could have beaten the Ravens two weeks, the three weeks ago. Now um, they kept it close with San Francisco in Week One. So this team is a team, and they are, I mean, itching for a win. It got emotional for them last week on the game that they should have won and uh, and did not. And and I stayed away from this game. I know we're not doing our picks right now, but I stayed away from this game because I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Detroit this week. And I just feel like they really love their team. They love their coach. They love each other. And uh, they're playing hard, and that's going to produce a win eventually at home. Uh, against a Bengals team that's been pretty solid this year. But um, I don't know. This one scares me if I'm a Bengals fan. Uh, let's see here. Chiefs and Washington, two, two and three teams. Um, boy, what's going on with Kansas City? They're, they'll win this game, I mean, going away, won't they? Um, I mean, Kansas City should – they've got to – They've got to get back in the groove of things, and they should be able to do it against the Washington football team. So um, I, I don't think you can count Kansas City out yet by any stretch, but, boy, it's been a surprise, and other teams are playing good in their division. Uh, 
Carolina at home against Minnesota. Minnesota's favorite in this game. Uh, Minnesota's two and three. Carolina three and two. Christian McCaffrey's supposed to be back this week, but even if he's not, uh, Chuba Hubbard's been pretty, pretty decent for that Carolina team. They've been able to win games still. Um, I've been down on the Vikings from since before the preseason, uh, telling everybody this is not going to be a good year for Minnesota. They've got some weapons, uh, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen. They, they've got some pieces, Dalvin Cook, but um, it's just not produced into a successful season yet. Uh, that game should be a pretty good contest, I would think. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, yes, I would think so. Again, Carolina kind of stumbled, I guess it was last week, and that was a little bit of a surprise. But um, they've been playing good. Their defense have been playing good. Um, and like you said, McCaffrey should be back. But the good thing about Chubba Hubbard, I think it'll let him ease McCaffrey back into it. And, um, you know, they can do at least for a while a good two-back set, and that'll probably help the situation. So, again, I think the coach has got them going in the right direction. That, that, will, that could be a very interesting game. One of the better games of the, the day is going to be Baltimore at home against the Chargers. Yeah. Both teams four and one. The Ravens coming off a huge come from behind victory on Monday night. Um, you know, what do you see going on in this game? Like you said, that's two really good teams, two teams that I think had the chance to win their division. Um, it's in Baltimore. Of course, Baltimore had to really come back the other day. It looked like they were in trouble against the Colts. The Chargers seem to really have things going. So this will be an interesting game there because, again, Baltimore always has a good defense, but uh, Herbert, you know, has done real well. And um, I, I this will be a, an interesting test, I think, to see exactly where the Chargers are. We know the Ravens are good, and the Ravens are going to be there at the end. Um, and, again, we're talking about Kansas City making a rebound. Um, we'll see where the Chargers are at this week. Yeah, I think it's a measuring stick game for both teams, honestly. We know what Baltimore is. We don't know if they can win the big one. Uh, now, they've they've won big games, but when it comes to the playoffs, they haven't. And a challenge against the Chargers will kind of see where they stand against one of the better teams in the AFC, if not the best team in the AFC. And uh, same thing for the Chargers. How do they play against great competition? On the road, especially, a big opportunity for L.A. Another really good game is Arizona and Cleveland. Uh, Arizona undefeated, Cleveland 3-2. and two. Just like I said, Detroit has to win a game eventually. Arizona has to lose a game eventually. And on the road to Cleveland seems like it could be a spot they could lose. This will be an, this will be a real interesting game because the Browns really are playing well. They probably shouldn't have lost 
um, last week. And um, so, but Arizona, you know, has been really good. You keep wondering, you know, well, how long are, you know, how, like you said, how much are they going to keep winning? Are they going to be, you know, um, a number one seed? Are they really in a competition for that? And Cleveland, again, you know, we're talking about Baltimore's good, Cincinnati getting better. Um, this will be a very interesting, this is one of the better games, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, the two losses the Browns have are to the Chargers and the Chiefs. And uh, both of those close games, they lost to the Chiefs by four and to the Chargers by five. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they're right there and they're close. The Cardinals, I thought they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this good. And I still think that they are, uh, without a doubt, beatable. They're a team that I am not solely confident in when you go to Super Bowl and things like that. Um, I like them. I like what they have and the talent that they have. But there are some question marks in Arizona. And although they're 5-0, and this could be a game. This could be a tough challenge for them on the road uh, there. We'll talk about the Raiders and the Broncos when we get to uh, our picks here in just a minute. Uh, we've already talked about the Raiders a little bit. Dallas and New England, it's the uh, the main afternoon game uh, that's going to be on CBS. Uh, Dallas 4-1, and one, New England 2-3. and three. Uh, To me, this is a – and I know you're so not on board with the Dallas Cowboys, but to me this is a game that Dallas has to win. Yes, I, I think um... – Again, I'm not I'm not where you're at with the Cowboys, and I think this will be an interesting test. They're going into New England. New England's got a good defense. If Dallas goes in and rolls on them, then hey, they they're going to be tough to handle all the way down the line. I think going into New England, you know, they're going to be on the road, and um, again, New England does have you know a, a good defense, and um, I I don't know that this will be an upset, but I this will be an interesting game to see what happens. So Dallas lost to Tampa to start the season by two points. They beat the Chargers, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Panthers, and they beat the Giants. Um, but beating the Patriots is what will convince you that they're going to be a good team. Um, whether it, it'll be a deal where they're going to keep winning, and um, and we'll you know we'll see we'll see from there. So listen, the Cowboys are going to lose a few more games this season, but. They go Patriots, Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta in their next four games, and then they face the Chiefs. So they've got a relatively easy schedule. After that, they go Raiders, Saints, Washington, New York, uh, Washington, Arizona, Philadelphia. They've got a pretty easy schedule uh, the rest of the way, and uh, they, they have to win these games, games that they're supposed to win. They've got to be able to complete these games and, and do what's necessary. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against New England. Sunday night is the Seahawks, who are decimated by injuries, and the Steelers, who are decimated by old age. Um, <laughs> that, that game, I'm sure NBC wasn't super excited when Russell Wilson got hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's out for the season also. Not a whole lot of entertainment value in this Sunday night game, Seattle versus Pittsburgh. Um, no, again, Seattle should really have a lot of trouble without Russell Wilson, um, be hard for them. And again, this one thing Pittsburgh has is a defense and, uh, they can put pressure. So if you got a substitute quarterback, um, you know, TJ Watt can cause a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, I don't think the Steelers are going to be a big factor, but, um, this is a game I think they ought to win. 
Yeah, it's not just a backup quarterback. It's Geno Smith. So um, he looked okay. He looked okay last week after Russell's injury. But uh, and the Steelers, my goodness, they're so bad. Uh, but Najee Harris will have an opportunity to shine in prime time. The defenses will be um, looking good either way, I think. Then Monday night is Bills and Titans, the uh, Music City Miracle rematch from back in the day. Buffalo's been rolling. Tennessee at three and two has not looked great. Um, is this a trap game for Buffalo? Um, it looks like Buffalo doesn't have trap games. And once they've gotten going here, um, they've got the talent. Um, and again, I would think it looks like they're staying focused. They know what their goals are. And I think, you know, it'll be a tough night for the Titans. I heard this question. Has Buffalo peaked too soon? Um, are they playing their best football too early in the year where eventually they're going to kind of come down? They're going to lose some games this year, I believe. But, uh, uh, this game scares me a little bit, honestly. I think it's kind of a trap game for, for Buffalo being on the road. Um, the Titans having a little bit of extra time to prepare for it and uh, put some game plan out there. I think the Bills' run game is going to have to be incredibly effective, uh, which is not their forte, of course. And uh, the Titans, obviously, their their pass game is going to have to get on. And the Titans have not been healthy this year either, uh, especially in their wide receiver room. All right, let's get to our pick sixes for the week. And uh, we'll kind of go through. We've got a couple games we didn't talk about yet that we can cover along the way. But who's your first pick six of this? Oh, last week, Dad went three for three, uh, three and three, three wins, three losses against the spread. I went four for six or four, four and two, I guess, uh, there on the week as well. And so we've had a couple good weeks strung in a row. Let's see how we can do this week. Uh, Dad, your first pick. Um, I'll take Green Bay to cover against Chicago. All right, so Green Bay on the road. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites uh, versus Chicago, and uh, I'm, I did not pick that game, so we're going to wait and see see on that one. It's one of those divisional road games. Those kind of scare me uh, no matter what. Who's your second game? Um, I think Cincinnati will cover over Detroit. We talked about that a little bit. I think the Bengals are for real, and if they, are, if they go down there and lose to Detroit – all of a sudden, you know, there'll be questions again, even though I think they have a good team. I think they really are solid. And um, now again, it's on the road, but you know, if they're going to, if they're going to be a contender, they've got to win on the road. I'm, I'll, I'll take Cincinnati. Detroit's 0-5, but I believe they've covered four out of the five games this season. So even if they lose, they might only lose by three, last-second field goal again, in which case they would cover. But uh, that's one of the reasons I'm staying away from that game as well. Your third game? Uh, Buffalo to cover over Tennessee. I think they'll go in there and roll. You like the Monday night games. Uh, you've picked the Monday night game almost every week. Not every week, but almost every week. But they're another five-and-a-half-point favorites over Tennessee on the road. All right, your fourth game. Um, I'll take Carolina and the point against Minnesota. All right, Carolina plus one at home against Minnesota. I picked that game as well. Same thing, Carolina over Minnesota and uh, that one point. All right, game number five. Um, I I think the Rams will cover, even though it's a big point spread, will cover the Giants. I agree with you 100%. I picked that game as well. Nine and a half point favorite, the Rams over the Giants. The Giants are decimated by injury as well. The Rams uh, need to get a big win here this week, and I think they they handily take care of the Giants this week. And your sixth game. I will take uh, Pittsburgh over Seattle to cover there. 
All right, Pittsburgh over Seattle. I'm staying away from this one. Pittsburgh's a five point favorite at home uh, versus Seattle. I just, don't, I man, I don't trust Pittsburgh uh, for anything, and I just think they're really, really bad this year. And Seattle, even though they've got injury issues, um, boy, I don't trust Pittsburgh. So you got Green Bay minus five and a half over Chicago, Cincinnati minus three and a half over Detroit, Buffalo minus five and a half over Tennessee. Carolina plus one over Minnesota. The Rams minus nine and a half over the Giants. And Pittsburgh minus five over Seattle. My six games, I'm going to go a couple big spreads. I picked the Rams nine and a half over the Giants. Houston plus 10 versus Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. I just think Houston uh, is, it, again, it's in the conference. Uh, it's hard to blow out teams in the conference. I think Houston can keep it close and scare Indianapolis. I pick Carolina plus one versus Minnesota. Uh, the Chargers plus three versus Baltimore. On the road in Baltimore, I think the Chargers are the better team and ultimately get the win in Baltimore. So I got the Chargers plus three. Uh, I go Dallas minus three and a half uh, over New England. And then I'm taking Vegas uh, over Denver. Vegas is plus three and a half. The underdogs against Denver. I think this team, as I said earlier, has come together. I think they're united in the locker room, and I think they come out. I don't think Denver's that good of a team, and uh, so I, I put those two things together. I'm going to go with Vegas covering uh, plus three and a half there over uh, Denver. So those are our pick sixes. We'll try to get those posted. Uh, we've got a busy weekend, so I'm not sure that I'll get them up or not, but uh, we'll try to get those posted for everybody to see, and feel free to drop your picks uh, on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you're watching um, or listen or follow us, and uh, we'd love to have that. Now, we do have in the comment sections on Facebook and YouTube, we've got our link. We now have Sports Stove Apparel. Uh, there's T-shirts, long-sleeve T-shirts, sweatshirts that you can purchase, uh, and I've got the link there for you in the comment section. So if you'd ever like to support the podcast that way, uh, you'd be more than welcome to do so. Follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram the sports stove pod on uh facebook there as well all right that's the nfl an interesting week ahead for us and of course the game uh just kicked off and the buccaneers lead seven nothing over philadelphia um that didn't take too long uh, oj howard got himself a touchdown pass from tom brady uh there with 926 to go in the first quarter so there you go if you're while listening live you're probably watching the game some way, shape, or form also. All right, Dad, let's talk uh, Major League Baseball. The playoffs have begun, and actually three series are already over. Uh, the Astros uh, go 3-1 and one over the White Sox. The Braves go 3-1 and one over the Brewers. The Giants and Dodgers now waiting. Um, uh, who am I missing? Oh, the Red Sox. The Red Sox go 3-1 and one over Tampa as well. Tonight, the Dodgers and Giants, they have first pitch at 9.07 p.m. Corey Kniebel, the former Brewers closer, starts the game for the Dodgers. And uh, then the Giants, I didn't see who who are the Giants pitching tonight. Do you know? Oh, we're losing Dad. We'll let him get that fixed back up. But the Giants tonight is Webb uh, is pitching for them. Logan Webb, yeah, he was 11 and three on the season, a 303 ERA, 158 Ks. Uh, so uh, Logan Webb has had a good year. He's one and zero in the playoffs so far with a zero ERA. 
there as well. He's going up against Corey Kniebel. Um, again, I, I'm, I, I'm not real sure what the Dodgers are doing here. And, uh, this is when you get to the playoffs, you need somebody better than Corey Kniebel to start a must win game. That one scares me. Uh, I, I feel like the Dodgers are the more talented team. But uh, the Giants have been the better team this year. They've got the better record. Um, they've won the division. They got the number one seed in the playoffs. So that means being at home, San Francisco should win this game. And uh, if they don't, then they will have no one else to blame but themselves for not being able to finish out this series against the Dodgers. Um, that is uh, tonight in San Francisco as they play again uh, here this evening. Let's see here. All right. Uh, so, Dad, your thoughts on the Giants-Dodgers game? Oh, we still didn't fix it. Never mind. All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we got to get that. We got to get that one fixed. Uh, so then after this, of course, the Red Sox and Astros, they, they have game one tomorrow, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, excuse me, evening on Fox, Boston at Houston. There's a lot of controversy because uh, Houston, of course, was cheaters. And uh, several years ago, they won the World Series while cheating, uh, blatantly and disgustingly cheating. And so uh, that being said, they tip off on Friday or first pitch is on Friday at 8.07 p.m. We got dad back with us now. So let's go back to the San Francisco Dodgers. We didn't hear any of your thoughts on on that that game. Um, you know, the Giants have played good all year. I mean, like we said, we knew the Dodgers were good. Um, you know, it should be good. It's been good baseball between the two of them. I mean, I hope the Giants will win. Um, I think it'd be, you know, it, it'll make it interesting for people to watch. Of course, you won't have the big market from LA, but, um, I, you know, I, I feel like Giants should play well. Um, and we'll, you know, I'm, it, it's hard to know for sure, but like I said, Webb has pitched well this year and, uh, they played well. It's at home. Um, like I said, they they can't blame anybody but themselves. They've got a great opportunity here, and I would expect them to finish it out. The winner faces off against Atlanta. Atlanta, of course, was in this situation last year. Um, had a not a great season, especially a start to the season this year, but they were able to close out well, win the division, and ultimately beat the Brewers in four games. Um, what do you think awaits this the winner of this game, whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants? Um, as far as the competition, when you talk about Atlanta, well, I think you know we've talked about the baseball season all year. It's been a good baseball season, and I think whoever gets in the playoffs, I'm sure you know somebody will have one team favored over the other. But I think either one of them will be able to go either way. It's all teams that have been hot here lately that have played well. Um, you know, the Braves played well down the stretch. Um, whoever wins, whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers, have played well here down the stretch there. Houston the same way. And Boston, uh, why they're a surprise, you know, have, have played well. So I think it'll be two very good series, no matter who's playing. And, um, and it, it, you know, it should be good baseball. The Red Sox surprised me. They surprised me all season long, but they really surprised me beating the Rays. Uh, here in the playoffs, the Rays dominated that division for, for most of the year. Boston was up there, of course, as well. Um, but Houston, I've been saying now for many months, Houston is the best team in the American League. And I don't expect them to have too many issues against Boston, uh, in this series, although they only finished three games above Boston on the season. Um, I look at this series and I think, okay, should I be, 
impressed that Houston has been able to overcome their cheating scandal and two seasons later they're right back here? Or should I still be angry at Houston for cheating a few years ago? I think I think you have to be impressed with they've been able to come back from that situation and um, play well. They had good players. Um, you know, did they need to cheat? You know, I know probably not, but uh, might not have done as well. But I think the fact that they've regrouped and um, weathered the storm here and played real well, I think it's a, it's a deal to be impressed with. Houston, when they are the favorite this season are 65 and 74. That's not a great record. When the Red Sox have been the underdogs this season, they're 41 and 21. (laughs) Uh, so, so this season, regular season, uh, the Red Sox have been playing great when they're the underdogs. The Astros, on the other hand, not so much when they're the favorites, but the home record for Houston is 51 and 30 and the away record for Boston, 43 and 38. So, the home record alone should say, hey, Houston should be able to pull this off and should be able to win their home games at the very least uh, there as well. So we'll see how it all goes. Of course, Boston, they lost their first game against Tampa and then won three straight. Houston won their first two against Chicago, lost game three, and then won game four, uh, 10-1. to one. They scored a lot of points already here in the playoffs as well. So uh, needless to say, yes, I think the, the baseball playoffs will continue to be an interesting show. For the sake of all humanity, we just don't want it to be the Dodgers and the Red Sox. So hopefully San Francisco can take care of the Dodgers. It'll be San Francisco uh, versus the Braves. It'd be neat to see the Braves in the World Series again. Some of my childhood baseball memories are watching Braves in the World Series. Uh, the tomahawk chop, I think, it just still gives me goosebumps. Um, and, of course, back then it was the Maddox, the Glavin, the Schmoltz, and those kinds of things. They don't have that kind of pitching staff this year. But nonetheless, they've been impressive here in the last – uh, several months and um, be interesting to see what the Braves do the, uh, against whoever they face the Dodgers or the Giants uh, there I'm looking to see um, on those same stats let's see here at home this year San Francisco 54 and 27 but the Dodgers were great on the road by the way 48 and 33 <laughs> the Dodgers have been underdogs twice this season only twice and they're 0-2 as the underdogs. Um, so that's that's interesting that they've only been underdogs twice all season long. Um, San Francisco has the favorite 54 and 51 uh, there as well. So uh, interesting, interesting to say the least uh, uh, on there. All right. Uh, Dad, anything else regards to baseball or the NFL weekend ahead? Um, no, like I said, you know, it's been a good baseball season and, and, you know, the NFL last few years, you know, it's anybody can win any given week and it's really continued to be that way. I think that makes it great for the fans. Um, from there, I mean, there are some dominant teams, but again, all of a sudden, you know, those teams will lose. Uh, there's only what one undefeated team. And, um, so I, I think that makes it good from there. And, um, you know, we'll see again, you know, we're Packer fans, this is bear week. So that's a big week there coming up. And, um, if we continue to roll, um, don't want to look ahead, but in two weeks we play Arizona. So that'll be interesting on a Thursday night. Uh, we talked about unbearable fans already. I just got a message from a bears fan bears, 27 Packers, 14. So, uh, 
we'll see. We'll see how that goes. How that goes, anyhow. All right, Dad. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be with you tomorrow. But uh, uh, thanks for being on with us tonight. We'll we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Good deal. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Speaking of uh, Houston cheaters, uh, joining us now is the one and only. Parker Ainsworth. Oh, I'm sorry, Parker. I didn't realize what I was saying. That uh, was quite an intro. <laughs> Parker is from the FN Sports Podcast. He does much with the basketball on Belly Up Sports, BellyUpSports.com. Covers Houston uh, as well, the Rockets, and uh, we're having him on to talk some basketball. Thanks for being back with us again, Parker. It's been a while. <laughs> for sure. I'm happy to be here, even if I walk into the Houston Cheaters. But I, That's you know, right. It's, we got it. That's who we are. We're going for another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this one supposedly is clean, so it'll be, it'll be all good, right? Yeah, I haven't heard a trash can yet, so you know, that's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> uh, I love your shirt. Uh, uh, the shirts are available. Flunk Cancer. Uh, they're you, available through Bonfire. Make sure you follow uh, Parker on Twitter, and he posts the links there and everything like that as well. Uh, we at the Sports Stove hate cancer, and I uh, know Parker does, and most hopefully everybody does. Uh, but uh, great shirt, and uh, a portion of the – Proceeds are going to a um, uh, are they going somewhere to help? Yeah, it's it's called Breast Cancer Research Foundation BCRF. It's the science side of things. It's just you know make doing as opposed to the that you know obviously Susan G. Coleman gives out to mammograms. So it's kind of, we just just pick the science side of it. So, um, but BCRF is the organization. All right, very good. So there you go. Uh, NBA season's about to start, and I've been so encompassed with uh, the baseball as the Brewers just lost and and broke my heart, and uh, football season and college football and all that kind of stuff. I'm behind on on my NBA stuff for the year, and with it starting up, I figured there's no one better to come on and talk about some of the exciting stuff going on. Uh, in basketball and there is a lot of non-basketball stuff going on in the <laughs> Always. NBA right now um, so let's start with Ben Simmons um, I have never been a Ben Simmons fan I thought he was uh, he showed us who he was at LSU and uh, not seen much more than that at Philadelphia as far as um, in my opinion heart desire winning mentality all those kinds of things he's a far better basketball player than I am and I'm sure he has more drive than I do but uh, that being said, he's now apparently reporting uh, in Philadelphia. He realized how much money he was going to lose. Is that's what it was? He, he realized, boy, I don't want to lose that much money, so I'm going to come back. So I think that's always got to be part of it, right? It's it. This is not some guy on the minimum kind of stuff. He's making millions of millions of dollars, max contract player. I also think that someone must have gotten his ear that his stock was like too low, right? Like mm-hmm. our last impression of him was a very awful playoff run. And truthfully, like, he is an all-star, right? Like, he is one of the 30 best players in the NBA. He should have him. But when all of us think about the last time we saw him, it's like someone said, like, listen, you don't have to finish with Philadelphia, but you got to go play some games. We got videotape of you doing something else. Because right now, all anyone can see is that moment where he passed out of a dunk, (laughs) a wide-open dunk in the playoff game, right? And so people got to, like, get past that somehow. What's the realistically the best option for him as far as teams go? I was interesting. Uh, a Bleach Report came. A Bleach Report report came out yesterday, uh, indicating a handful of young teams. Because I think we forget Ben Simmons is twenty five. Like he's been in the national spotlight since he was eighteen, seventeen, even. Um, because if you follow the high school recruiting stuff, he's a big time guy. I I think that the young team is interesting because truthfully, he's so unique in that he's six ten. Passes beautifully, plays. I mean, in, you're in your eyes a defense defense player of the year candidate, 
Uh, and that's all, that's all tremendous. He just doesn't score. Right. And so you typically, you think of a max contract guys, you want to get a score. So I feel like you could build a team around him. And so the young teams make sense. Um, frankly, like Minnesota makes some sense. Uh, they'll probably involve somewhere where Carl Anthony Towns goes. Carl Anthony Towns in Philadelphia doesn't make a lot of sense. We could do some three team kind of thing there. Uh, you're a Kentucky guy. You know, there's some connection with Devin Booker and you get him to, to Phoenix and some maneuvering. Um, I think that the, Portland thing is interesting because they clearly want to make some last ditch effort to try and keep Damian Lillard. And so do you swap him for CJ McCollum? And then McCollum fits in pretty well with Philadelphia and the contracts are almost straight up. You wouldn't have to throw in a whole lot more. Um, and I don't know if I like Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard, but it's at least like they're rolling the dice on something different because what they've done hasn't worked for a handful of years. Right. right? And, and at some point different is just at least you tried. Um, so I've seen Indiana pop up in rumors as well. Um, it seems like Rick Carlisle would know what to do with his, his playing ability, his style of play and things like that as well. I don't know what Indiana would have to give up. Um, or if they even have pieces that, that Philadelphia would be interested in, uh, there, but I kind of look at that, that aspect of it, the coach that would be the best situation, uh, for Simmons, because like I said, I said, I questioned his drive, but he is a defensive player of the year. You got to have some drive to play defense. So obviously he has the drive. <laughs> Um, I hate this. I just, I don't know. I hate watching that's the Kentucky in you. That's the that's SEC. Maybe, maybe <laughs> uh, my deal is if you're a superstar, you make the tournament and LSU yeah, didn't yeah. make the tournament and you, you know, they were paying players to be there. So well, they yeah. should have made the tournament. But anyways, <laughs> that being said, I think a change of scenery would be huge for Simmons. Um, but again, he's got to be put in a situation where they know the best way to play him. And when you have scorers around, guys like Damian Lillard, who have no problem jacking the ball up, you know, 30, 40 times a game, it's a good spot. And maybe he starts getting comfortable with offensively. Maybe the coaches, of course, he's been through a couple coaches in Philadelphia, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's the, issue. the problem. The pipe dream has to be there was some Golden State rumor floated around mm -hmm. over the summer uh, that didn't come out yesterday with Bleacher Report. Truthfully, he is a bigger, stronger, faster Draymond Green and a younger Draymond Green. He doesn't have the bravado on offense, right? He seems way more timid. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the bravado has carried Draymond Green really far. So maybe that's a big difference. Um, but when he would have like, if he could have shooters like Steph and Clay running around, that would really change the game a lot. I, that didn't come out yesterday. And so that's still going right. back to the summertime talks, but that has to be at the pipe dream, right? I mean, oh, who definitely. wouldn't want to play with, if you don't want to score, who wouldn't want to play with Steph and Clay, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cause he is a great passer. Um, and he could relieve some of the ball handling opportunities and stuff as well. And he's a great defender as well. You mentioned Phoenix earlier. I think that'd be a fun fit. I think being a year with Chris Paul, um, would really help him a lot because Chris Paul has, has definitely taken on the role of mentor and teaching and training and boosting, uh, confidence and those kinds of things. And, uh, and then of course, Devin's a shooter. They got other shooters there in, in Phoenix as well. Um, Ben Simmons is probably going to play this year. Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, um, <laughs> he's, he's been an odd fella for quite some time now. Uh, very unique in his own ways. And, um, when you start talking about the vaccines and stuff, then we get into other non-sports opinions on things. But I'm intrigued by this situation with Kyrie because he appears that he's not going to back down no matter what it costs him. And, it's the rumors are, and I think you talked about this on your uh, midweek mid range last night, I believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the locker room's not too pleased with what they're getting out of Kyrie right now. Um, so what's going on there with Brooklyn 
uh, and and how are they going to handle this season without Kyrie or with him? Well, and it's interesting because if you just read me off their roster and left Kyrie Irving off and mentioned him not at all, I, that's a team that has a chance to win a championship, right? You have, yeah. You know, James Harden's an MVP, and he's been in the conversation a few more times. Durant's a two-time champion, finals MVP, so on, right? Your role players are guys like an older Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, right? Like, like you've got the guys. Kyrie Irving on the floor would put them over the top, right? That is a by and large favorite. And, and Vegas, even with him in question, has them at, at a top favorite. I, I, the, I see them at the top of the odds. I'm looking at it right now. And I think the deal is, is he and Durant went to Brooklyn as buddies. This lasts as long as Durant allows it to last to me. Because, frankly, the franchise will put up with it until Durant says, okay, we've got to figure this out. There were some, like, backdoor rumors about, like, Durant is like, well, we got to do what we got to do. we got to have a guy that can play or whatever. And there were some backdoor rumors that were saying, oh, no, Durant and him are buddies, and he totally gets it, and they feel like this will all be fixed by February or, or whatever, right? And that would also make sense, right? Durant understands that they're going to make the playoffs. The goal is just to win it once they get there. And I I talked about last night, and, and I would echo again today, the biggest thing that this could actually get in the way of is not because they're not good enough without him on the floor – it's if he is a distraction in that locker room, in that huddle, on social media. I mean, he just did IG live last night for an hour, and I don't know what he said, right? Like, I, not that I didn't listen, I listened. I still don't know what he said. Yeah. Um, that if he is a distraction in those ways, that can detract from the stuff on the floor, whether or not he's even there, right? And yeah. and I, I frankly, you mentioned Kyrie's always been a different guy. I was on his side about things like needing a mental health break over for like a long weekend last year, and it being a week or so, like. I I can relate to that. I don't have that luxury and I, you know, but I can relate to like needing that, right? And yeah. I there are sometimes that I'm on his side and there's sometimes where I'm like, but I got a teammate. I'm a jo- I got a job. I am a teammate. I got to do it. like like Andrew Wiggins fought the same fight in San Francisco. So this is also and I don't know how much in the weeds we can get on this, but like this is a city-based deal where New York City mm-hmm. and San Francisco and the states of California and New York are saying to do indoor performances, you have to be vaccinated. Basketball counts as indoor performance. Right. This would not happen if he played for, you know, Minnesota. Like this would, this would not be an issue. Or uh, Ted Cruz tweeted about like Houston Rockets. Like he would not, this would not be an issue on the Houston Rockets. Right. Um, and so Andrew Wiggins in the same boat in San Francisco, clearly Steph Curry was like, it's really a bummer. And like the next day it was like, all right, well, he's vaccinated. (laughs) Like that that was how it goes. Right. And, um, I don't know when that happens with Durant. I will say that his teammates have been fairly, whether I mean, people are reading body language and stuff, but publicly they're saying, you know, it's a personal choice and it's up to him and we'll, we'll do what we have to do or whatever. But there's been some like eye rolling. It's like, oh, like this question again. So I, how long does that last? Right. Right. And it's interesting because you see it kind of sport to sport. It, it looks different in different sports. Um, football, they seem to be a little bit more and it's not come up in an, the same issue as because it's not going to affect whether or not they play unless they get sick um, or contract the virus. But uh, you know, it's, it, it seems like as a whole basketball in the NBA has, has taken a stronger stance on the need for everyone to be vaccinated hockey. I think it's like all but four players, or maybe it's 96% are vaccinated. Like it's a, it's almost everybody. Um, but uh, football, again, you're outside and it's, it's, it's a lot different, uh, there as well, but it's, it's intriguing to me to see how it's taken hold and, and, uh, and kind of, um, been such an issue but again he can't play in new york um he can't play in california and it looked like they were going to let him 
travel and do the things out of the state. And then they decided just to kind of shut it down. Correct. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Logistically, he legally can play whenever Brooklyn's on the road, except for playing the Knicks, I guess. Right. That's Madison Square yeah. Garden, also in New York. Um, and then the one game a year there in San Fran. Right. Um, but Brooklyn at first had said, yeah, yeah, we'll play and we'll let him play on the road. And he had gotten an exemption for practice because it got deemed as a workplace, not a performance, right? Like little things like that. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I think someone finally clicked with Brooklyn, like, how are you going to have a whole different, like, your team has to perform, like, your starting lineup and rotations are different for half of your games. And yeah. how does that work? And so logistically, they just finally said no. To avoid legal trouble, they're going to pay him for road games, whether or not he plays, um, which I thought was interesting. It was clearly. They'd rather pay $16 million to a guy not playing for his road. That's half of his contract for the road games than pay, than pay the legal fees and fight the battle of like what they owe him for those. And I wonder if that was almost mediated. Like, not that anyone said it was mediated. I don't mean, but right. like, clearly, if you owe me $16 million, we're talking about it. Like, you're not, <laughs> like, so, so I, I, he can't get a $16 million for home games until he's vaccinated and playing, but, they were going to owe him money on the road because they were just sitting him for no reason, theoretically. And um, they're going to pay him to not play. And that's wild, wild. And if I'm a mid-level exception or a cheap, you know, relatively speaking basketball player, I'm like, man, I'm working really hard and I'm not making anywhere near that much money. I I would talk to someone about that. Well, Paul Millsap, he came to Brooklyn. He's getting paid absolutely nothing this year compared to everybody else. And he chose to do that, of course. It was his decision to come, and he wants to win a championship, thinks he can do it in Brooklyn. Um, but, yeah, I guarantee you Paul Millsap's working hard in practice at yeah. the games, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and that's a veteran. You're looking at that as, you know, he's been yeah. around a long time, probably thinking, man, kids these days. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's totally the vibe of, like, his Instagram Live talk last night. And we're recording on Thursday, so if you're watching this after the fact. But, like, last night – Wednesday night, Kyrie Irving's like on Instagram live. And there was a lot of rambling. It was like this. You just sound like a 27, 28 year old kid that has watched a lot of YouTube videos. Like, I I don't know. Uh, And this is why we should not legalize weed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Or it was entertaining. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The kids loved it. So either way, Um, let's talk some basketball real quick here in the last couple minutes that we have. Um, last year, Phoenix came on strong, uh, Milwaukee wins the championship. Let's start with Phoenix. Um, uh, I grew up a huge Phoenix fan in the Kevin Johnson era and, uh, and I've kind of loosely now follow Phoenix. I loosely follow Indianapolis, but, um, Phoenix, they didn't do a ton to change the roster in this off season. Uh, Chris Paul's another year older. Um, Devin Booker's another year wiser. So, uh, what do you expect out of the defending Western conference champs? One, I would throw Aiton in on another year wiser yeah. too, right? Another young stud for them. Um, that at some point they're going to pass that baton. It's probably still Chris Paul's team. Chris Paul and this whole vegan thing where he's aging backwards. You know, Tom Brady's done the crazy diet aging backwards thing right. too. I got to stop eating meat, I guess, because <laughs> Chris Paul looked great last year. Um, the, I think Phoenix could be just as good or better, but run into more speed bumps because of what happens in the rest of the Western Conference, frankly. Mm. Um, I, I could see them being a, you know, three, four, five seed, not because they did anything less well or whatever, just because they played a healthy Lakers team as opposed to the times they played without Anthony Davis or, mm-hmm. excuse me, they play a healthy Utah team or, or whatever, right? Um, Definitely. 
just not because they're worse just and not because they like aren't playing as well it's just they're playing better teams this year i think yeah the lakers uh win healthy have to be one of the favorites just being that they got lebron and anthony davis they add some veteran pieces but again lebron's getting older he's had some issues with staying healthy davis has never been healthy um you add mellow and and they've got some they've got some interesting pieces on the team got rid of some pieces that didn't work for him last year uh thinking of montrez harrell and yeah. uh kuzma got moved as well but um are the Lakers the favorite, or is it a team like the Jazz or the Clippers or someone else? In the West, I, I think the healthy Lakers are scary, and I think that what they're going to do, and frankly what adding a guy like Russell Westbrook does, is they're going to probably coast the regular season, right? They're going to have none of those big three are going to play back-to-back nights, right? There will be some alternation where, like, one night is LeBron and AD, and the next night is AD and Russ, and then a couple nights later you're going to see AD play no more than 12 minutes, right? Like something like that because what is interesting to me is like if you took six inches off of LeBron James, he kind of is a lot like Russell Westbrook in the sense that he's aggressive, tenacious, and attacks and is downhill. He's probably a little better shooter, but not a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that's interesting. What I actually – want to see more of will be those games, the primetime games where they, they need to go win a game for for us or for whatever, or for seeding later in the season where they're all playing because I do think the fit's interesting. Anthony Davis can be playing the five a lot more this year. He said that publicly at media days a couple weeks ago, and that takes more wear and tear on your body. And we know what that does to him. And that's the stuff's intriguing to me, but the regular season, they very well could go 50 and 32 with just because they coasted the whole time. Uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn in the East are the two favorites. Um, Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee, the way they ended uh, was intriguing. And to see Giannis take that next step as a superstar and just carry his team, I thought, to an NBA title. And maybe he lucked out a little bit with playing Phoenix and not having to play a healthy L.A., but he still accomplished something that not everybody's accomplished. Um, I know number wise, I think Brooklyn's the favorite, but I mean, is Milwaukee as legit an, an opportunity as they had last year? I think Milwaukee's really good. Um, and I, I feel like them the same way I feel about Phoenix. They could actually be better this year and not necessarily get a championship out of the year. Um, they, Giannis took a big step each round of the playoffs. It felt like obviously we saw his leg bend backwards and they came out one of finals MVP, right? Like <laughs> that takes a gut and grit and grind that, you know, we just talked about Ben Simmons having none of that. Like that's all of it, right? Um, I also think that's interesting that, like, in the East, I'd argue the Nets get better by being healthier. I think the Heat got better. Um, and I think the East as a whole is is fairly comp. I mean, we're talking about, like, the Celtics, like, the seventh or eighth seed with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? Like, that's that's a really strong team to be that low in the playoff seedings. Um, Chicago got better, and I don't know. If that's You know, I, 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 I think that they could just run into more speed bumps like Phoenix does, not necessarily by playing any worse. Yeah. Um, do you have a couple minutes to talk still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to go bonus material uh, for podcasts <laughs> only. If you're listening to us on Unhinged Radio, go to Sports Dope Podcast. You can hear the rest of the conversation uh, there. Um, Milwaukee lost P.J. Tucker. Uh, that pretty much ends their hopes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love P- So folks that are new to me, um, I'm a sneaker guy that likes the Houston Rockets and cheers the Texas Longhorns. P.J. Tucker is like the icon. Um, <laughs> I will say, while... Milwaukee is going to miss him a lot. They, interestingly, I I think can get away. Bobby Portis played out of his mind, and if they they can, and you're you're up and close in person, Bobby Portis in a lot of ways, right? Like if if Bobby Portis can play like that, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I 
I think the truth is that PJ Tucker guarded guys that Giannis would have guarded if he'd been a little bit healthier in some mm-hmm. spots. And so if Giannis has come back healthier, then it may not matter. Uh, he didn't score a lot for them. He was just toughness and defense. And part of me thinks that a team with Giannis on scoop on it can figure that out. Um, but I, I'm more interested in the things he brings to Miami than the things he takes with him away from Milwaukee. So Miami's got an interesting team. There's a lot of question about, you know, can they do it this year? They got Kyle Lowry that comes in. The question really is more about the progress of guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and that, that step forward for this team, the young core of this team. And there has to be a point at some point this season where if it's not working, they move on from some of those guys, right? Yeah, and I wonder if it's like to go get – I mean, Pat Riley is always the guy that wants to go get the next big whale. Um, and frankly, it's like if you're not a current big whale, then you're going to get shipped out for the next guy. I I like what what Miami did in – they brought in uh, P.J. Tucker off of the 2021 champion Milwaukee Bucks. They brought in Markeith Morris off the 2020 champion L.A. Lakers and Kyle Lowry off the 2019 champion Toronto Raptors. Like they said, we want guys that are tough, good defenders with championship pedigree, and they got three of them. And I, that, that very much strikes me as an intentional move by Riley to set the tone. They already have Jimmy and Bam. Like, that, they're not going to start that five, but, like, that five is big, strong, and will get after you, right, on defense. Um, and so we'll see. I, I'm interested to see how Lowry and Bam works because I think offensively what's interesting there is that Bam is a really great passer for a big man, and Lowry is a really – because he's – thick and tough as a good screener as a little guy and so we do invert some pick and rolls there and that kind of stuff um i think they're dangerous i think it's no secret that last year both they and la la showed up in health and to them it looked like they were just ragged all year they they played into early november late october and then had to go play a season in late december right like i think that that did take its toll on them and the longevity the marathon aspect of the season caught up to them and i think that it's frankly prove it time for Jimmy Butler. Like, okay, was the bubble weird, right? Like LeBron, we don't have that question about LeBron the same way because he has championship pedigree from before that. But like Jimmy Butler, it's like, well, that was a whole different guy. Tyler Hero was like, well, that was a whole different guy. And I, I would trust Bo and Riley to get them over the hump there. Um, again, the East is tough. I don't know if that means they win the East, but I, I certainly think that they'll be, have a good showing this year. Atlanta had a great year last year. They've got a incredibly young nucleus of players, some really talented guys uh, there. Trey Young started to win hearts in, in the New York series. He well, <laughs> turned some people off from him, but people who love competitors love Trey Young and what he's doing in Atlanta. Um, and I'm just impressed. I mean, you just look on paper at their roster. You think, boy, they should be really, really good. Are they a top four team in the East or where do they kind of fall in that, that, that category? Yeah, I, I'd probably say they're around four. They're not, I mean, unless Brooklyn implodes in the locker room, they're not Brooklyn. I think I got Miami up there. Um, Milwaukee's going to finish up there. They always have strong regular seasons, right? Um, I, I think that kind of puts Atlanta somewhere in there. And that's why I talk about like Chicago and Boston. Boston's got two great young talents. Do they find their way up there and figure it out? They've got a new coach. Um, they move Brad Stevens to the front office move some pieces around um you know does chicago with lonzo ball and the moves that they made to uh, vucevic at midseason last year trying to help zach levine do they make their way into the playoffs and who does that knock out and they're they're just they're just interesting stuff over there but i think atlanta is going to be hovering around the four or five spot again 
That doesn't mean I want to play them the first round, though, right? Like if I'm right. the five seed, I don't want to play Atlanta as the four seed, and I certainly don't want to play them the second round if I'm the one seed Nets, right? Like that's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if like Kyrie Irving can't play home games. Like I, I don't, I don't want to play Kyrie. <laughs> I don't want to play uh, Trey Young without Kyrie Irving on the floor. Like that's that's no fun. <laughs> The East is definitely improving. I mean, you look like you mentioned all those teams. You got Boston, um, you've got Indiana, you've got um uh who else did you mention? I forget who else you mentioned, but uh, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago made all those changes like you talked about. We're bringing in Lonzo, bringing in Vucevic in the middle of the season and um and they they I think drafted decent. They've 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 put together pieces where they should be more successful than they've been in recent years. Uh, several coaching changes in the East as well uh, that should help some teams out. Boston is an interesting one. I mean, Brad Stevens was considered one of the brightest and best young coaches in the league in recent years. And then kind of out of nowhere, everybody kind of expected Danny Ainge to step away, but I didn't he- hear of anyone that thought Brad Stevens would step up and step down as, as head coach. No, and I think that there had been some feeling that like, not just call it an experiment, but the the combination they had, we talked about people running out of time in Portland, right? The combination they had had kind of run its course and that I kind of thought Brad Stevens was going to be a candidate for like the Indiana job, right? Like like he may move on, but I had no idea he was looking for a front office role. Um, it, if that's what he wanted, he, he seems to enjoy Boston. And I, I know the fans have always defended him vehemently, right? Um, I I learned more about E.K. Udo, the new coach, after he was hired. I wouldn't have known he was hiring the radar beforehand. Um, I don't. I don't want to act like some insider had that scoop or whatever. I, he looks like a good fit after the fact. I, I wouldn't have known about him. I wouldn't have known he fit in that well before. Uh, two more teams, and then I'll let you go. Uh, the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, they bring in uh, Kimball Walker. They bring in um, uh, who else? Oh, there's another guard they brought in with them as well. Uh, Fournier, uh, yeah, yeah, big, that was a big Olympic Olympic yeah. year, uh, as well. Of course, they bring back the best player in the NBA and Julius Randle. So, um, <laughs> Kevin Knox is still there. Uh, yeah, uh, this Knicks team, <laughs> they, they overachieved last year. Um, and a lot of it was based off of their defense. Um, are they gonna, are they gonna compete this year like they did last year? I, I kind of looks like they're gonna take a drop this year. I think the drop is, more because Thibodeau in Minnesota and Thibodeau in Chicago had this like shtick where they were going to play harder than you in the middle of January and all those rough games. That's like, man, I played four games this week. I'm really t-. like, they're going to play harder than you. And I think that surprised people last year. I don't know that it catch people by a surprising year too. adding the guy. I think you're thinking of is Derek Rose, but it might've been Evan Fournier. Um, Derek Rose and uh, Kimball Walker helps. Because those are at least guys that understand Rose specifically understands Tibbs, right? Yeah. Um, understand kind of that mentality. Um, I, I, I think that they'll be all right, but it's another one of those teams who are talking about like if other teams are healthy, you know, would they have been the fifth seed, or would they have been in that four or five slot last year? Would they, have, you know, what would have happened to them a year ago had Brooklyn been healthy all year and had, you know, had Washington with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal been healthy all year. Miami been healthy all year, like those kinds of things. And so I guess I wouldn't expect a lot more out of them between a couple factors, but I think they're still a, a playoff play in team at worst. I, I don't think yeah. they're going to drop that far off the map. I will say that Julius Randall is loving the New York city life, like, like the limelight, the spotlight, that kind of stuff. 
and New York needs more. Like I hope Kimba Walker does too. And, and yeah. like basketball is more fun when games in the garden are good. Like, like mm-hmm. just generally speaking, as long as that's a good game, that's a more fun league. Yeah. And Kimba's the kind of guy he hasn't been, he's been, hasn't really been healthy the last several years, but he's the kind of guy that he could put up, you know, 40, 50, 60 in the garden one night. He did it in college. So why not do it? Yeah. Why not do it now? Uh, and now he's kind of just going to be dependent on to go in and score, I think, on that Knicks team. Uh, they also get, uh, is it Robinson, the center back? I think he was hurt yeah. last year. He broke his well. hand and, and like it came back and then he redid something. Yeah. But he was in and out last year. So they've got some interesting pieces, uh, on that team as well. Um, I said only two more teams, but now I have two more teams for you because you brought up <laughs> the Wizards and I forgot about the Wizards. I love what the Wizards did this offseason. Um, and moving Russ, they got some interesting pieces back. Um, Bradley Beal, uh, I love what we've seen out of him so far, his commitment to DC, his commitment to that team and being in there, that organization. It kind of reminds me of what Giannis has done in Milwaukee. Um, basically saying, I want to be here. I want to win here. Now that could change over time for Beal. He's a valuable asset for sure. Um, but this Wizards team, they brought in some really intriguing young talent. Yeah. I think my deal with the Wizards is that it set them up for both. Maybe this, you know, we talk about changing things up. Um, mm-hmm. maybe this works with Bradley Beal. I think the pieces do fit well with Bradley Beal. They're just young. And then it also weirdly sets them up well for, if Bradley Beal does his, uh, does a year in Washington's like, look, I gave the city all I have had. Y'all have a young team. He's 28 going on 29. And he wants, like, I think they could mutually part ways well too. And yeah. after this. And so I think that they set up both options. I wouldn't expect them to upset like the Bucks in the first round, anything like that. But I would always say to go to and watch Bradley Beal, even if they win 40, 41 games, because he could go for 50 on a given night. He's a great basketball player. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. He, he, he's going to be a piece on a really good basketball team, even if it's not in Washington. They're just young around him right now. And so, um, like, I, I guess Kuzma is actually closer to Bradley Beal in age than you might think because he's been in the league for so long. But just as far as his career goes, Kuzma's not been in the league for very long. Right. And that's kind of the big, like, addition they've got. They got Rui Achimura, um, and he's fun. <laughs> they, uh, they got the, David, uh, Danny Avija, the, the Israeli. Like, that's a fun, he's a fun basketball player. Um, and a wise man on a midweek marriage a few months back said they go as Davis Bertans goes. And I feel like that was actually accurate. Like when Davis Bertans is a good game, they win. When he doesn't, they lose. Like that was as simple as it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you think, you know, they're young, but they have experience in that young age as well. You, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. um, as he gets healthy and plays, uh, like you said, Kuzma, Harold, those kinds of guys are guys that have, they have experience. And actually some of them have been around championship level players. Um, an opportunity to learn from them as well. So who knows what happens there? Last team, and I'll let you go, is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they're an entertaining team at the very least. Yeah. Uh, they've yet to be able to make anything out of, you know, even the talent that they have. Gordon Hayward, again, can't stay healthy. Uh, yeah. LaMelo Ball is, is one of the more entertaining players in the league. They've got, uh, some big high flying dunks. They've got other things happening and interesting draft this year as well. Uh, how long? If ever will it take for Charlotte to get become a you know a sixth seed in the East? They got to figure out the defense side of the ball, um, and I, I don't say that just because they're young, but like they got Lamelo, right, Rookie of the Year kind of guy. Um, Miles Bridges is catching all the oops from Lamelo. I like they went out and got um, what's the uh, Kelly Oubre, right? Um, yep. th- that's a good pickup for them. PJ Washington's a good big. 
Um, and then they drafted James Booknight. The issue is that there's a lot of young basketball players and the biggest learning curve is on defense. And they're going to play in some games that are frankly not unlike Washington last year, where it's like 140 to 135. And for a fan, that's a lot of fun. But man, that doesn't mean they win every game, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like they're gonna be a lot of fun. And I think they're they got they're a couple years away from the defensive side of the ball, unless you know Lamelo Ball is a giant. He's like a six seven point guard. So like maybe they turn it on faster than I realize. But I I think they're still probably two away from a playoff seed. Um, maybe a play in seed, I guess, could happen faster because the ten seed is a little different now. Um, but they're gonna score a lot of points, and you do have to score to win. So. Yeah. And it could happen faster. Well, Parker, I, I appreciate you staying on a little extra with me tonight. Uh, you can follow Parker on Twitter at Painsworth512. He writes for BellyUpSports.com. You catch him on Wednesday nights uh, with the Midweek Midrange at 9 p.m. Uh, on Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. We stream both on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, and it's really a fun show. It's a lot of talk about basketball. So if you're a basketball guy, uh, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, YouTube and Twitter. All right, and uh, you can also find the shirt that he's wearing, and he's got some other apparel as well uh, there. You can follow him on Twitter to find the links for those shirts as well. Parker, thank you so much. And, again, I'm sorry I kept you longer, but thank you for being on with no, us. No, happy to talk to us, man. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. All right, that's Parker Ainsworth from Belly Up Sports and BellyUpSports.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode tonight. We went a little long, uh, but we appreciate you sticking around with us as well. Remember to visit law-terrain.com for watches and accessories. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE, and you're going to save 10% off your purchase. We'll be back Wednesday with our local hour episode, and next Thursday we'll be live talking football and baseball and maybe other things along the way as well. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Sports Stove. And make sure you let us know how you enjoyed the episode. Tell other people about it as well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.